Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. <laughs> Welcome in, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. It's driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, Timothy Michael McKernan, Jackson Bennett Burkett. And today is a special edition of this program because it's Jackson Burkett's last show until Monday. That's right. Jackson, tell the audience what you're up to. Heading out to Scottsdale, Arizona. Wow, wow, wow. And yep. what's going on out there? You're going to go to a Suns game? Going to talk with Sophie Cunningham? I would love to do both of those things. I'd be surprised if Sophie was in Phoenix offseason. What do you think? She's in Columbia? Probably. Watching the Tigers? Yeah, probably. Uh, but I'm going out to Scottsdale for uh, Buddy's bachelor party. Nice! First bachelor party. Where are you guys staying? You staying at the Phoenician? No, we are staying in an Airbnb, a big old Airbnb, somewhere in the Scottsdale area. God, how many bedrooms? Uh, probably not enough. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, you know, you're not going to find a house with 20 bedrooms. They call that a hotel. So, you know, probably be doubling up in some circumstances or couches. You know, we'll figure it out. I'm not too concerned about it. Mm. 20 of us going, you know. It's nice. It's a big group. 20, 25-year-old virile men. That's right. Cooped up. All hopped up on yeah. booze and X. Nowhere else to turn. Uh, How would they feel about a 47-year-old father of two? We need a chaperone. Chaperoning. Yeah, events. come on out. Bring the sticks and uh, you know, we'll tee it up and then who Would knows? I be the best player on this trip? Yeah. I would be, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, then I'd be giving pops. I'm not going now. Now I'm not going. Now I will stay home and be a parent. Yeah. Otherwise, I was going. Yeah, probably the responsible move, but... Uh, text in your thoughts on Jackson's uh, bachelor party. 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. The uh, the YouTube chat, hotbed of activity. Uh, Droid FX says, I, uh, I love this time because all the old heads are gone. <laughs> what does that mean? An old head would be like someone, and it's this is going to sound very simple, but it's just older. Mm-hmm. And so... Oftentimes when you use that, it's like as a pejorative and you're like, old heads are saying like, you know, they never call traveling in the NBA anymore. That would be an example of an old head thing to say. So what, from, from like before balloon party, it's it's old heads in the YouTube chat? Is that what, is that what, is that droid effect saying? Uh, I'd th- be curious on this. I can't say one way or another because we're doing a little program down the hallway from yes. 7 to 10. Not to brag, HD2. And there was a woman in our YouTube chat today, also don't want to brag, but. And she got a lot of attention. And then the discussion went from flirting with her to Ozempic. Right, and that's a natural progression, really. I guess so. It's a natural progression. Everyone's trying to, you know, shed a couple pounds. You're lying to yourself if you're saying, I can't lose one or two. Uh, Dan Jansen's in the YouTube chat, and he says, I'm looking for Jackson to break down the Blues fiasco last night. I, I guess we'll let you go ahead and do that. It's probably the Little Piddles Wide Berth Wednesday. Yeah. Probably the lead. I don't know what else could be the lead. It is the lead. All right. It is the lead. Yeah, the Blues. Uh, that's a one nothing loss, Tim. So if you had the under, you were handsomely rewarded. Uh, not a lot of shots for the Blue Note. Probably not the best effort, probably not the effort you wanted before uh, you head off on a little 10-day respite for the All-Star break. But hey, 
That's how the cookie crumbles. Uh, they've been hot leading into the game, so tough to be too upset. My question to you is, as the Blue Note head into a 10-day break for All-Star festivities, how confident do you feel that they can finish strong and make their way to the postseason? Also, I this question earlier this week. But also, Crap. at the midway point of the season... Already, already taken vacation, but live on the air. At the midway point of the season, who's a player who has surprised you positively so far and surprised you negatively as well? Uh, I'll take the last one first, Buh. Jordan Cairo. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford was with us on TMA about an hour ago. And uh, one of the questions our listeners posed to him was, do you think Jordan Cairo finishes the eight years in St. Louis? And if I could ship the bankroll, I would go no. Hmm. So there would be that because he's like... he. He, he pops up, then he'll like go off, and then he just kind of disappears. And then last night, didn't get a shot off in a key spot in a one nothing game. It couldn't not be key, considering what you had going on. I just, I just so there's that. I would say Jakey, Jakey, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jordan Bennington's been sick. Joel Hofer, uh, Colton Pareko, though, would be the guy that would be the one that uh, I would go uh, for the positive. Yeah. Yeah. Especially considering like he used to be the guy that you would see getting the most criticism. So there's my analysis. I had to tell you, I disagree with your, and I know you weren't really giving a premise because there's a good chance you, you weren't able to watch last night's game with packing and such. Yeah, I don't have to answer it. I don't have to answer if I saw it or not. Right. I'm not beholden to anybody. But... I was really, I, I, I was surprised by, I woke up this morning and I was disappointed and it, it affected my mood when I got out of bed. And I'm like, what in the hell? That is surprising. How does a game in, now I don't want to make it sound like I didn't sleep because of it, but I woke up and I'm like, you know, you kind of get your bearings yeah, uh, and, and go, yeah, the blues lost. And I, and I had a buddy of mine, the non-ling texted me something along the lines of uh, I'll read it directly why not Uh, quote don't let this be a trap game which I guess is something I said either on TMA balloon party or the Tim McKernan show and uh, and sure enough I mean it just you play so well against great opposition and and it's one thing and I heard Kerber and and Joey Vitale talking about this on uh, Kerber's podcast you know, it's one thing if you lose a game and you play well and a bad team just plays a good game or you get some bad breaks or there's some kind of crappy calls or whatever the hell, puck luck, whatever, those things can happen. But that was just, it's kind of like you with this little Piddles Wide Berth Wednesday. You can tell you're already on vacation. That's that that that's what was going on last night. And, I mean, that was garbage. Like Jeremy Rutherford, when we had him on, he's like, I don't know, can we just go straight to the two-part questions? Because what are we going to talk about? As Drew Bannister said, I was getting cute. Mm-hmm. Let's get cute. So, if the Blues are going to be in the mix for a playoff spot, they're probably not going to run away with a playoff spot. The chances of them getting one of the top three spots in the Central, God, or what? I mean, like, super high side 10%. Like, that's going crazy mm-hmm. to catch up with Winnipeg, Dallas, and, and, and Colorado. So, they're getting one of the wild card spots, which means there are going to be like eight teams competing for two spots. And yeah, if you would have said at the beginning of the six games, which started with that home game against the Capitals, that you're going to pick up 10 of 12 points, you'd be happy. But that's not where you were at 7 o'clock last night. You had the worst opponent you were playing in that stretch, and you're about to get a 10-day break. Let's capitalize on this. And at the very least, okay, you lose, you lose. But that was just 
that was rough, man. Yeah, that was real rough. And so when you see a couple losses to um, the Blue Jackets and the bad one to the Sharks, you know, and you look back and you go, crap, man, we could have been in the playoffs. You got those. Like that's, that. that's, like those. that's tough. Yeah. And I, I don't know. So that's, I think that's why I'm a little more irritated than if you would have told me, hey, Tim, on December 30th, just so you know, on January 30th, you're going to be irritated when you wake up on the morning of the 31st because of something that happened on January 30th against the Blue Jackets. I go, what the hell are you talking about? But that's where I am. So I got to be honest with the audience. Why? Because, Jackson, this is honesty and media. It is. I have a, I have a follow-up question. I'm taking follow-up questions. And I think this, this is a bad example after last night, but I would say relative to the last, say, decade of Blues hockey, mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. you think this team in particular, is fun to watch. Do you enjoy, Do you, are you entertained while watching the game? Do you think it's a fun team relative to the last 10 years? Uh, I mean, watching in really 2019, even though it was the 2018-19 Blues, is about as good as it can get from a sports-watching standpoint because it was just a rush of wins. And then, of course, what took place in April, May, and June. Uh, but 2020, up until the shutdown in 2019, therefore the first half of 2019, and then the season in 2020 before the shutdown, you'd watch that team and go, holy crap. Yeah. I mean, this is a machine, and yeah. you couldn't wait for the playoffs, which was different than the way they won the Stanley Cup because they were so bad in 2018, the, mm-hmm. f- the first half of the season in 2018. This year, there are games where you go, well, these guys can beat anybody because they are literally beating the best teams. And then there are games like last night, and you go, the hell? And I don't know, I mean, so much of sports media and social media is, we're just going to blame people. Right. That reminds me, and this should be easy for you to remember, because it deals with, like, your personal man hero in sports, and who is that? See if you can get it. See Long? Chris Long? Yes. This is Chris Long. You might be able to pull it up. I think he was on the Rich Eisen show, and he was asked about Dan Campbell and the Lions thing, and like this who to blame thing, and Chris Long is right with me on this thing. He's like, yeah, you can blame Campbell, but I mean, he did what he did, but what about Josh Reynolds dropping passes? I guess that's, that's, so anyway, either way, so Chris Long's kind of in, in line with where I am, and I don't know if that's where you are, but who do you blame on this? Like, if, if it's a great reflection on Drew Bannister for the job, if he is going to be the, the head coach and, re, and they remove the interim tag, and you point to the way the Blues played in their two games against Vancouver in the month of January, uh, the way they managed a really duff, difficult stretch of their schedule, then I think it's only fair that you go, okay, well, the head coach didn't have him ready for a game that is an easy one to overlook, a bad team the night before you go on a break. I don't think I don't. In other words, if you're going to credit him for handling this stretch of great teams, I think it's reasonable to then criticize how they were not up to play the Blue Jackets and left a point or two out there in what was a just lackluster performance across the board. That power play in the first period, sweet mother of mercy. It, it, it was really a case where it looked like the Blue Jackets were on the power play, except mm-hmm. the Blues were on the power play. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. And so when that happens, you go, man, you just can't have that happen. You just can't have that happen. And of course, the best teams, you know, the the Bruins are tied with the Canucks for the top teams in in the East and West, respectively. And the Blues played with them. You know, hell, they got five or six points when they played three games against them in the month of January and really probably should have gotten all six. And then you have that kind of performance against one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference. Just doesn't add up. And that's... That's no good. And that part, I think, is the part that frustrates me. Again, you lose 
4-3, and you're like, okay, didn't play great, but, you know, this was just, let's just, let's just get to the plane and get out of here. That's what it screamed to me. It was really disappointing. So I'm not, I don't have like super high expectations for this team, but when you have that kind of momentum and you got one game left before you get 10 days off, I think that's why it irritates me. So beware. I have a hockey take on January 31st and I'm a little irritated by it, but I do. I, that, that's where I am. A little fire under your ass. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting it. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm upset. And then I'm listening to Kerber's podcast and I'm, I'm getting pissy and I'm listening to Drew Bannister and he's pissy and I'm glad that he's pissy. He should be pissy. But then some of the comments were like, you know, we, we had a great winning streak. This is a blip. And I'm like, ah, you know, if you would have been playing a great team and they shut you down one nothing, okay. But this team, this group, and they're at the end of a road trip themselves. Ah, this is, you, you got a killer stomp on the throat. Yeah, and it, they're merciless, and that's not what you saw last night, and that 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 irritates me, you know. I mean, again, I'm not going. Otherwise, they'd be winning the cup. I'm just, but that was that was disappointing because I think it was an effort thing, and that tilts me. I'm gonna go down to Enterprise. I can go down there and hold some people accountable. <sighs> I'll give you directions. Yeah, yeah. I can put some fingers. Well, bragging rights game. I'm still. It's still on my phone. Uh, I can put some fingers in chests and and let people know, like, hey, this effort won't won't be accepted. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think you would carry a lot of weight if you walked into the room. I think I would, too. I think. And then you can have, like, uh, Mike Caruso introduce you to the guys. So then that way, when you go up to Cairo, you'll know. You're well, not, like, going up to Preco. They have the names, like, the name plates. Right. I'll be like, hey, I'll like look up, and I'll be like, uh, uh, Falk. This, you'll say. This won't cut First it. name, don't know it. Uh, Probably go Falker. Hey, uh, Falker. Yeah, yeah. And the players like when you call them by their nicknames when you've never oh, met them. Oh, they respect that, yeah, especially yeah. if you can't skate. And then you... Put, I take my this finger here and I put it right in their chest and I say, I know you're about to go like play golf and have fun and spend time with your family. Yeah, they you might for, be on the flight with you tomorrow. Right, and you like earned this because you play hard and play professional sport and worked your ass off to get here. But me, a guy who can't skate, hasn't skated in 20 years maybe, not good enough. Not so good you're going to do that. Right, well, because I, I think we owe it to the fans. Gosh, look at you. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm surprised that no one else is offering up their services to do this. I think you're probably stealing Marsh's thunder. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll go tandem. You know, cut the good. cut the locker room in half. They call it a dressing room or a locker room. The room. They call it the room. Mm. Well, you know, we like to keep things in the room. Okay. Well, either way, I'm going to hold them accountable. And that's what I'll do <laughs> for this show. Why don't you go there and walk up to Dan O'Neill Jr. and say, "I'm looking for the dressing room." Yeah, yeah. During intermission. Yeah, you're going to go in there during a game. Sure, sure. Say, what's up with all this theater lingo? Dressing rooms and intermissions and such. I think it'll be well received. Next time you'll see the Blues at home for a chance for you to go in in the middle of a game yeah. will be when they're playing Connor McDavid two weeks from tomorrow night. And, and Leon Dreisaitl. God, look at this guy. You know what? I think you should be allowed into the dressing room. Yeah, why not? With knowing... That that is the case. Uh, who knows? Uh, these Edmonton Oilers have been on a, a heater. Uh, Jackson will take a break. Jackson is going to Scottsdale for a bachelor party. Uh, Jen, who is in the YouTube chat during TMA, has followed us to balloon party in the 101 ESPN right. chat. That, like, giving all... more credence to the fact that she's actually a female. Right. Yeah, I would have said the opposite, but... A uh, cat dad gamer says Columbus was absolutely awful last night. They were darn near worse than the Blues, but the Blues really just didn't care. That's from Cat Dad Gamer in the YouTube chat. That's nice. 
I like this fire from Jackson today. That's from Cat Dad Gamer. Yeah. Well, someone's got to bring it. You know, we can sit here and be able to, you know, talk about like, man, the effort wasn't good enough. How about we go up there and tell them? I don't know if they have this pipe. Is there a morning skate? That information is out there. Okay. Yeah, I'll take them down. I'd be a little surprised. Yeah. 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 Maybe I'll individually find out and... And Be like Kurt Russell in Miracle. Hey, boys, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. You thought yeah. you had plans? Yeah. Uh-uh. Piddles. We'll like, see you tomorrow. Piddles hockey camp. Like. And we've got the guy from the one-hour show on 101. He's going to talk to the team. I'm a fundamental guy. Like, let's relearn the game. I like that. you got to walk before you can run. I like that. Yeah. I like where this is going. More where that came from in the next segment. It's Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Munganass, Burkhardt, Alton, Toyota. This is 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. Back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party. My name is Tim McKernan and this is 101 ESPN, 101 ESPN YouTube channel. Come on in. The water is warm. Uh, Jackson, you will not be here tomorrow or Friday, but that means Marshy Marsha and the Playful Posse will be in your chair. Have you instructed him on how to do a Little Piddles Thursday thoroughfare and a Friday six-shooter? Because that's not something that you can just say, hey, we do this thoroughfare and this six-shooter. you gotta, you got to coach him up a bit. The thing about Marshy is he produces a program that does like prep and like talks out what they're going to do beforehand. I understand. So I think he's well-versed, and if I say, hey— you know, we usually do like six semi-big picture, semi-localized, but depending on the story, it can be national uh, questions that get Tim going. If you could, just try your hand at it. Do your best. And I have faith in your brother. Is he going to send them to you in advance so you can say yay to question one? I think you need to refine question two. I think we're going to scratch question three, like question four. Let's let's maybe reword question five. Is that is that how this is going to work for this Thursday thoroughfare? I don't. What I don't do, Tim, along with watching hockey games, is I don't micromanage. Wow. I, if I trust Marshy Marsh, which I absolutely do, I say, I give him free run. You know, I say, the people will decide if your questions were good enough or not. Mm. So I give you all the, I, I say, take it and run, brother. Take it and run. You know, it's a bad sign if over the next two days, $70 will come out of my Venmo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, a, there's definitely that possibility. But, um, I'll, I, I'll bill you for that. Yeah, all right. I, uh, I'll have plenty of golf winning, so I'll take that. Back. Are you going to run good? You striking the ball well, bro? I know that I'm like striking it well enough that my friends who also haven't played in months, I'm confident. Okay. Confident. Keep an eye on that. Jackson will call in with updates on his rounds of golf in Scottsdale. In the meantime, it's back to this wide berth Wednesday on Balloon Party. Presented by Munganess, St. Louis Ack here in Munganess, Burkhardt, Alton, Toyota. And Jackson, you have a, what, is this a second or is this a third question? Technically a third question. And you have, and I, I called for audio of your man hero. Does it tie into any of the Little Piddles Wide Berth Wednesday? Does we it? Also, I know you had Tom Brady on Pat McAfee. Does that tie into this Wide Berth Wednesday? I mean, hey, you're the captain of this ship. What I'm going to say is I think we should talk Greg Olson and Tom Brady. Okay. Hey, um, you're the captain of the ship. Uh, and then I can kind of, in my mind, freestyle a question wow. that regards Improv to the, on display. the C-Long and Rich Eisen clip. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Greg Olson, I mean, I find it fascinating. It's weird to me, and I'm, I've written this question down, but I just want to speak it, that like people heard Tom Brady was going to take over, and they're like, but Greg Olson's good. It's like, yeah, he is, but you know, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. And I feel like the public opinion just became like, 
we shouldn't take away Greg Olson. He's great, and Brady won't be great. Oh, you're talking about social media groupthink? And that's what I'm saying. Is like, And then it's built up and built up around this, and now people like, I don't even know if they're going to give Brady a fair shake. And I don't even know if Brady's still going to do it. Well, like, I'm still that's 50, a 50. nice observation, and I think you've earned this two-day vacation with the four-bedroom, 20-man trip that you're taking. This is good because I agree with you. I think in general, even if Greg Olson didn't have the popularity, and would Greg Olson have as much popularity if you were about to be replaced by Tom Brady, ask yourself that on your two-and-a-half-hour flight. Yeah. Uh, or is it three hours? Three I don't know. Okay, fine. Tom Brady will be hated on anyway, yep. no matter what. Yep. Now, with this said, I was just discussing this with Randy Carricker on uh, as he was heading on out and we were heading on in. I Number one, I was wrong, and I don't think I've ever been wrong before. This is the first time. Thank it's you. It's my fault. I never thought Tom Brady was going to do this job. I just never thought it was going to happen. I knew, he, I knew he signed the yeah. deal, but I just never thought he was really actually going to do it. And I know he hasn't done it yet, but he has prepared to do it. He was on Pat McAfee yesterday talking about it. Um, and so I gather he's going to do it. I read a column in The Ringer yesterday by Brian Curtis, who I've had on my podcast before. I enjoy your fan of his work. Uh, oh, yeah. And he wrote about this, okay, we're about to have perhaps the biggest star go into mainstream football broadcasting since his premise uh, was Joe Montana. And I okay. don't think you were going to get that. You were born. Aikman, maybe. And, uh, and Montana did it. I believe he did it in studio on NBC in 95. And it was so bad that he did nine games and then quote unquote retired. Manning is somebody talking Peyton who, if he were to be Kevin Burkhardt's right-hand guy, uh, or if CBS goes, okay, the Romo thing started strong, but it's getting a little off here, mm-hmm. uh, I think Peyton Manning could step in and be incredible right away. Tom Brady is somebody who I think will work his ass off at it. Yep, I really do. I just don't know how good it's going to be. I it, it, in in. I think when it comes to that spot, I think it's, I think, and I am certainly, we're going to find out, open to being wrong. I just think you either kind of have it or you don't. And I just don't know if he has it. I don't think that his personality is such that he's Peyton Manning's personality. And Peyton Manning's personality, in my opinion, would be free-flowing. It's not that he doesn't know. It's the ability to communicate it conversationally. And I think he will work his ass off, but I don't know how it's going to play. Now, with that all said, I think he is already going to have hate no matter what because he is Tom Brady, and so that's just the way that the world works. Need to take him down because he's up here, and that's kind of the way that the process works. So, um, looks like he's going to do it. I never thought he was going to do it, and um, I'm intrigued to hear how it actually plays out when he joins Kevin Burkhardt in the booth uh, come September. I have something to say, and it might be dumb. Clip that off. We can use that for a promo. But I feel like so much of it, like when you're talking about like broadcasters, is so subconscious or primal even, like where you're hearing them, and it's like just based on how they sound is how you like judge them. Like Some people think, some people have annoying voices. Some people think they have great voices. Oh, I don't think anybody thinks I have an annoying voice. I was about, I was referen- I was actually going to use us as a reference point. Like I know I am monotone, and like my voice is pretty one note. I can work my ass off on inflection and stuff like that, but like I can't really change the sound of my voice. You have a much more dynamic voice. 
uh, your inflection is good. You've done this for a long time. I don't think Tom Brady has a great voice. Not saying like he sounds weird, but for broadcasting, like when I hear like Kevin Harlan or Ian Eagle, Jim Nance, Joe Buck, these guys have like really like you hear it. It's like broadcast voice, and that might be chicken and egg because they've been doing it for right, so long. I agree with that. Good for you to acknowledge that. Yeah. See, I get what you're saying. You're talking about the voice, and then you're talking about tone and pitch. To me, in that specific role, and I'm, you're, you're the analyst here. You're not the play-by-play right, play guy. Right. The analyst. It's it's conversational, therefore it's got to be quick, quick, quick. And so it, it needs to sound conversational also is another way of saying normal. It's another way of saying organic. It's another yeah. way of saying authentic. Mm-hmm. And while I think, again, I know I've said this now two previous times, he will absolutely work at it, which I think is a criticism that Tony Romo is getting, that he is not working at it. Uh, but I think that's just Brady's nature, that he will work his ass off at it. Yeah. Because that is how he is programmed. I just don't know if you can make somebody, you can't make somebody have it. Yeah. But hey, it'd be great if he's outstanding at it. In Olsen's case, he will go to be on the number two broadcast team and he will wait and see what CBS does if the Romo things spirals. Keep an eye on what takes place between the Chiefs and 49ers in that broadcast. Uh, is Nance and Romo are under the, the microscope right now? with criticism of their broadcasts and their lack of chemistry after the quick start and the contract Romo got. Uh, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman aren't going anywhere, but if Brady doesn't work out or if Romo doesn't work out, then Olsen would be positioned to go in. I do think he does a really good job. I think the compliments that he's getting are a correlation in part because he is going to be replaced and there is an element of sympathy to it. I, I definitely think that's the case. And then there's just social media, give me likes, I'll give a take that everybody already agrees with and is safe. Yep. Is that engagement farming? That would be like bait. Like bait. God, I'm just trying to keep track of this stuff. Your thoughts on it, 314-399-9646. Uh, we have some audio for you here in the second half of the program. Jackson's man hero, Chris Long, Tom Brady on Pat McAfee's show, and uh, more from the Little Piddles Wide Berth Wednesday as we celebrate Jackson before he goes on his uh, bachelor party trip this weekend. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to the party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you. Jackson's having a huge show. What do you got? What do you got left here? I mean, I don't, can you even have any more? How much more can you give us? Here's what I'll give you, Tim. And it's referencing. Is the teleprompter down? No, I was, you know, I'm just kind of pausing, letting people settle in, you know. Fresh off that Sports Center update and the momentum created by it. That what a, a push. What a, a four check. That was a good one. I, people might have thought that this upcoming Saturday the Blues were playing. No, no. February 10th. Right. February 10th. February, Super helpful. February 10th. Now, a question I feel like, and this is going to be leading to the audio we're about to play, okay. that. In situations, and this certainly works locally, that there's always there's always needs to be a scapegoat 
for games. Someone's always got to be blamed. That's right. It's always got to be someone's fault. About that. so we were talking about the Blues and Blue Jackets last night. Who are we going to blame? And right. when you're, that's how we got to the Dan Campbell thing. Right, and that's a perfect thing because there's 53 guys on the roster, coaches up and down, and a head coach. There's no possible way like a loss can be on one person solely. Obviously, there are big moments and key moments that some one person might mess up, but ultimately, they go in with game plans. They have weeks between games. If the team loses, the team lost. One person didn't lose, and so I was wondering if you thought the same thing. It's always got to be blame. Always got to be blame. And you think that's well, like media, a media? That's the case. That's a sports media thing. That's a sports media thing. Okay. Sports media thing. Yeah. So that's why I just happened to see this on uh, TikTok this morning. Chris Long's appearance, and this is the Rich Eisen show. Is that mm-hmm. right? Here is what he had to say about the NFC Championship game. Let's get to it. The Dan Campbell decisions. Your two cents on it. Okay, at first I was like, Dan, what are we doing? Uh, I I just say this. The timeout to me is a no-no. Like, that to me is the thing that we should be evaluating Dan's performance on. You mean at the the very end of the game? At the very end of the game. Okay. I I hate that because onside kick, not a high percentage play. You know, if you get three downs with a minute to go after a kickoff and a chance to maybe, you know, like if you get that fourth down, right, you did – you get a chance to be kicking a field goal to tie the game, right? Like, unless I'm misremembering it, I, I, I feel gaslit by that timeout. Hmm. Like, I was just like, what are we doing? Other than that, you know, the fourth down's okay. You know, that's who you are. And to his credit, I just, I looked at the second half again, just 10 minutes ago. I think Detroit just missed their opportunities. Like, they, they, they had chances the entire second half to convert in these situations, whether it's uh, Reynolds dropping the ball on third and nine, whether it's, uh, you know, golf being a little bit off on fourth and three, you know, the plays there, um, you know, he didn't, Dan Campbell didn't fumble the ball. Gibbs fumbled the ball. There was a point in this, in this half where they came out and they were rolling, they were chunking them. It's 24, 10, it's it, they get third and four. Warner makes a great play in the run game on fourth and two. Reynolds drops the ball. Like these are plays that need to be made, right? And I know I've been on the other end of it, like where at the end of the Dallas game, where I think golf's been a little bit off. You're like, well, I know the play's open in the flat, but maybe don't trust the guy who's been a little bit off. But in this situation, the ball is they're on the balls are on guys guys' hands, dude. Like so, I make the plays. I'm I, with I, you. I, I'm with you. Couldn't agree more. I, I'm, I'm in. I'm in lockstep with what he said. The only thing that I really had a problem with there was the run play because if you don't get in the end zone, the game is over. Unless, and I, it, it, the recovery for the kicking team and onside's kick it, 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 in the last handful of years since they changed the rule. God, I don't even know what you think. You think it's less than five percent? You're you're basically gambling on someone dropping it once it goes up in the air. I would rather kick the field goal, yeah, and keep the timeouts because they were it was a ten point deficit to refresh people's memory. Even though I know this was just a couple days ago, than get in a spot where the game now hinges on an onside kick. Get the touchdown, don't get the touchdown, doesn't matter. You keep the three timeouts, which, speaking of Greg Olson, he was all over before it happened. He was on top of that. And that's why the thing, like what became, and that was the social media firestorm, was, oh my God, Dan Campbell didn't kick the field goal. And I would imagine a lot of people who were complaining about that hadn't watched much Detroit football this year to know that that's what they had done throughout the course of the year on fourth downs. 
And then also weren't aware of the Lions kicker situation being less than optimal. They didn't have Justin Tucker or Harrison Butker on, on their sidelines. But then it just becomes kind of like the Greg Olson phenomenon that we've talked about. Everybody likes him on social media. Oh, I will get my tweet out there. And then it becomes truth when in reality it's opinion. And oftentimes it can be opinion that's wrong. But I So I love that Chris Long is going case by case, play by play. Josh Reynolds dropped the ball. Goff made a bad throw. Those aren't Dan Campbell's things. Gibbs fumbled the football. That's not Dan Campbell. So we're just going to sit here and and I saw Mike Greenberg and I know I get the game. I know what you got to do, I guess. And that's, you know, hyperbolize everything and blame one person, which was just your question. But that's the game. And how often is it players? It's usually coach, manager, yep. or general manager. And then it become and once you see people get them in their crosshairs on social media, and it can be, it doesn't have to be an athlete or involved in, in sports, you go, okay, we're just waiting for the downfall. We know we're going to get them now. And then we get them and go on to the next person. And that's that was Dan Campbell on Sunday and Monday. And I just I just couldn't disagree with that more. Now, if they had some bad play calls and nobody was open on these plays, or if you didn't have the turnovers that they had, or the freakish ricochet to Brandon Ayuk, all of these things, that's a different conversation. But Josh Reynolds dropped ball. The whole thing's forgotten about because people are results-oriented. Well, they convert, they converted it. Um, the one, though, that stood out to me, I'm like, what are you doing running the ball? Yeah, you are, the game is on the line on this play. If you don't get into the end zone, the game is over unless you hit that 2-100 and shot of, of getting the onside's kick. You can't do that. You can't do that, especially when you can keep the game alive by just throwing it in the end zone. And even if you just throw it away both times, you still have three timeouts. Yep. So there, you're still alive. You can't Because the game is over on one play, and it's a run play at the two or one and a half yard line against that 49er defense. And and God, I think they lost like half a yard on the play. Yeah. It was just that was terrible. But what was the focal point? The focal point was going for it on fourth down. And that is what they had done all year to get to San, Santa Clara and that NFC championship game. 1046 in St. Louis. Come back with the final segment of Balloon Party before Jackson bids us adieu. This is Balloon Party. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to McKernan with you here on Balloon Party. Jackson Burkett uh, is vacationing in Scottsdale the next two days. Marshy Marsh and the Playful Posse will be in uh, coming up uh, tomorrow. And Friday, uh, some people agreeing, some people disagreeing. And you know what, Jackson, ain't that America? Yep. For you and me, ain't that America, home of the free, yeah. Ain't that America, we're something to see. Little pink houses for you and me. Think about that. Uh, was that the theme? No. For some of the little pink houses thing, maybe think of the theme song from Weeds. You're thinking of Little Boxes. Yeah, Little Boxes. Little Pink House is, of course, John Cougar Mellencamp. Or right. was he John Cougar at that time? I'm I'm Jackson Cougar Mellencamp. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Look, uh, let's see what we got here. Tim, I disagree. Totally. Coaches get paid to make decisions and to put the team in position to win the game. They are the one in charge no matter what the players do on the field. The coach's job is to put the players in position to win the game and not taking the field goal and getting the three points and going for it did not put them in position to win the game. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out, and I don't care what they did all during the regular season. Stakes are higher in the playoffs. And I should note there wasn't one period. 
Uh, you hit the nail right on the head. All these screaming head shows preach is hyperbole. Unfortunately, in an era of salary caps and guaranteed contracts, you're kind of stuck with blaming one guy. That's from the 314. Jackson, do you have a final question before you say farewell, my fairy friend? Remember that farewell, my fairy fay. Remember that from what? <laughs> I think it's that Meet Me in St. Louis. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's classic cinema right there. Yeah. It's tough to say that sports aren't as prominent as they have ever been right now in the 21st century. Attendance across sports is up. TV ratings for football is reaching the highest of highs relative to modern television. And sports continue to dominate the public consciousness. However, I ask you, from your perspective, have you seen a drastic change in atmosphere around sports? Have you seen a certain sport improve their in-game atmosphere? Jackson with another big picture macro Mm, question at 10.52, this guy. And also one that has declined. Are some sports in desperate need of an atmosphere change, and do you see any trends that may lead you to believe those changes could be coming? Atmosphere change? You're talking about like at events, games? At events, uh, just the kind of discussions and atmosphere around the game. I think the PGA Tour, the game of golf, is one that is on the brink with everything surrounding it. And as a golf fan, watching that leaderboard this past weekend at Torrey Pines, I'm like, oh boy, they got yeah. a situation on their hands. But, you know, when, we, when we're on this program, uh, we're usually, usually, we have Taylor Twelman on the program. We'll talk MLS with the great Taylor Twelman, and I believe he is coming back for uh, the upcoming season. I was texting with him last night, as a matter of fact. Love having But we're talking Twelman. NFL, we're talking MLB, we're talking NHL, and you're talking NBA. So on those games, on those atmospheres, I think baseball is in a precipitous spot with the television thing. However, I am of the belief that for the fan, it is going to be better than it has been, questioning how it's going to work out for the teams to replace that revenue. That's an issue. Uh, I also think for some fans, because of COVID, then they found they didn't necessarily miss certain games. And I think that would be more in the baseball category than anything else. Oh, I have three and a half hours available on nights now, and I don't really miss it, and I'm using those evenings to do something else and I don't miss it I think college football is trending in an incredibly popular direction all while it being built on a shaky foundation of the chaos the anarchy of NIL yeah and the NCAA in general is a is had some issues with governance a lot of issues and I feel like but I could this is this is solely an acknowledging on the front end that I could be just super biased but I just feel like college basketball isn't as popular as it was 20 years ago. But I might be wrong on that. And you might be able to, I know you're a fan. And I'm not doing this to pick at you. I'm just like, I know I'm not as into it as I was. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like the country as as into it as it was. But you might be able to provide television ratings and such that that, that you'd immediately be able to refute that. I don't, the, I don't know. The ratings are pretty consistent on college basketball for the last... 10 or so years, there's been up and downs. Last Final Four was certainly down, given the lack of star power. Atlantic. Yeah. San Diego State, Miami, and our national champion. UConn Huskies. And UConn, kind of a blue blood, but also lack of star power. There's no one, you know, drafted super high out of those teams. Not something you want to see. I think, I can't speak much to 20 years ago, only being 25. I I think if you watch a game, the atmosphere... People are still very into it, uh, but the ratings haven't changed much, whereas 
something like college football has increased in a big way over the last 10, 15 years in terms of television. I wonder if college race. football is more popular in the Northeast. That's just a portion of the country. I don't that think doesn't, it is. That's what I'm wondering. I mean, I obviously it it's huge in the Southeast, Midwest, and portions of the Pacific time zone, but I'm, I, I just am like, curious if that's the case. Like, let's think about, like, what is the anchor school? What is, like, the blue blood in the Northeast? Penn State. If you're going to count of, that as the Northeast, I, then that would be it. Kind of. But then, like, I mean, Missouri anything, gets to play in Amherst, Massachusetts in mid October this year, so that'll be fun. It'll be outstanding, but they, they, like, I think will do high school as a bigger stadium than what oh, UMass is rocking. do. It's so exhausting. But, like, that's what, accurate also. So, I'm like, that north of Penn State, I don't think that there is, like, a, a premier, like, it might be like Buffalo, well, who you also is on the schedule. Doug Flutie in 1984. Yeah, BC. Against Miami. Granted, it was 40 years ago, but you still right. can talk about it. Yeah, you can. And, you know, but that was, was that not like, oh my God, look, Boston College, here they are. Like, it's like, and Matt Ryan went to Boston College, but I just don't feel like the, definitely not the Northeast. And then, but that might be the only part of the country that's not like really into it. Cause even you say the Pacific Northwest, well, Washington played in the national championship this year. Uh, Andrew says MLS, NHL, and NBA are the best and most improved. NFL and college football are the standard. MLB needs some work. That's from Andrew. I think that's accurate. Uh, I would agree with that. I, 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 I just would include NFL and college football, though, is surging. I wouldn't say like the standard, unless you're saying that sets the standard. That's like that's the, what's, the okay. gold standard, right, I think, is actually. Like standard. Right, that's, but the That's NFL, a bad read on my part. And then MLB needs some work, and I would agree with that. Yeah. But, but MLB would point to the recent year. I just, I was reading, I can't recall the Jenna. He was a play-by-play guy for the Mets. And he's just like, and I know, I, listen, I'm 100% aware it's not going to happen, but he was talking about, and he was a play-by-play guy for the Mets when they were playing the Cardinals in 85 and 87. Okay, gotcha. And the NL East, uh, in those pennant races and how great they were and the intensity of those things. And I just think it's lost. And I get that, you know, because then you're not going to have probably 75% of the teams being relevant in mid-August. Yeah. But still, then that ensures you that the teams that had the best six months get a chance to play for the championship as opposed to this crap. It just, it drives me up the wall. It lessens my enthusiasm for the baseball regular season. If I didn't play fantasy baseball, I don't even know if I, how much I'd pay attention to it. And of course, this is my job. But as far as like, if I, you know, whenever I decide to shut it down, I don't know. It just, it, it, it isn't the same because it's just like, okay, it's, it's NCAA tournament. We'll just get in and play in the tournament. That'll be fun if you can get to the final four, but otherwise it's just the regular season of major league baseball has been diminished. The access for fans to watch games is antiquated. And other leagues, MLS would be one. I realize they're not necessarily worried about MLS, but MLS uh, has probably set the model for what an MLB will do, not NFL. NFL can call it shots, but NFL can say, Peacock, 130 million. That's what we need. Yeah, and then Peacock yeah. will actually profit by spending the $130 million. That shows the power of the NFL. And college football, because the TV networks won it, college football actually was in a position where it contracted a major conference because of television networks wanting schools and not necessarily wanting others. Those are the, the conferences. Those are the leagues that show uh, that they are in a healthy position. 
position. Others are losing because people aren't necessarily able to access their content. All right, time for us to go. We're going to go do the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Uh, that's on YouTube and the Tim McKernan Show podcast feed. We talk about everything there, and I mean everything, not just sports. Uh, BK and Ferrario are up next. Jackson, have a wonderful trip to Scottsdale. We will talk on Monday, Marshy Martian, Thursday and Friday, tomorrow and Friday. For Jackson, Burkett, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, Munganas, Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.